0: Well, okay, we're back with William Attaway. Uh, William, I appreciate you uh, spending some more time with me, brother, uh, to help out my parents, to help out my guardians. I I love all the things that you had in the uh, first session with you. But now I want to go a little deeper with you and and talk about uh, something I see that's also important to you that you talk about a lot uh, is personal wiring. How does the individual's personal wiring affect their leadership? And what do you mean when you say personal wiring?
1: That's a great question, Stan. I think every one of us is created on purpose, for a purpose. How Amen. we are designed, how we are created is our wiring and there are so many different tools that can help you discover your wiring in different ways you know people many people are familiar with the myers briggs right and this talks about your whether you're more introverted or more extroverted you know there's there's new tools like the working genius profile that patrick lentioni's put out that can help you discover your zone of genius uh, i'm a fan of the maxwell disk right this helps you understand it your personality out, yeah it helps you understand how you work with other people like, how, do your, how does your team interact? What is the best way you can pour into and invest in other people? One of the things I've done is, is our family has gone through the disk, so we can learn how best to communicate with each other because we're all wired differently. If you expect other people to be just like you and to respond just like you do to whatever is said or done, you're going to be disappointed because you have a unique wiring. <laughs> you know, how you are designed, how you are created is on purpose, though. And it's not a mistake. You're not a mistake. Your wiring no. is not a mistake. You have to it's understand really it first. For me, That's exactly right. You have to understand that wiring. And when you do, and then you are able to leverage that and step into oh, what is now. in front of you. Come on now.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> just awesome. You know, I do a this workshop where I talk about these uh, behavioral types. And I tweak it a little bit and tell the people in the room. Look left, look right. All these people are not crazy. They're just not you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> if we realize that, we'll be a whole lot better off. And this, You know, you got a possibility of 41 different styles. Yep. So the, the combinations that you can have in a home, the combination of styles you can have in the workplace, uh, understanding how you're wired and, and how other people are wired, it uh, enables you to connect when you communicate. And as Maxwell says, everybody communicates, but few actually make a connection. That's right. Well, so uh, you also talk about uh, when I was reading up on you, you, you expressed that it's uh, very important to uh, never stop leading change. What do you mean by that, my friend?
1: You know, I I think it's important to understand a very simple truth. And it's a principle that's true throughout life. And that is that growth happens on the other side of change. 100% Mm. of the time. You can't have growth if you don't have change. We fear change. We don't like change. We talk about it and say, nobody likes change except a wet baby, right? Okay, I get that. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is, if you want to grow, the only way to get there is on the other side of change. It, people push against it, though. They they, they say, you know, well, I I want to grow. I just don't want to change. Um, the problem is you can't do that. And so it's uncomfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. But but so is growth. <laughs> you remember when you were a kid growing up, right? And you start to grow and you get what what my parents call growing pains in your legs. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and all of a sudden, you're, oh, that's very uncomfortable. I don't like that. It's part of growing can't get to the growing without that, and that's true in every part of our lives, including our leadership, wherever, whatever context we're in, whether we're in the home or outside of it, growth involves change. Now, will we lead that change, or will we simply be a victim of it? You get mm. to choose. Oh,
0: there you come back with that word choice again, will you?
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but Bob's and dads, I hope you hear God because it 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 is a choice. And just think about what we have say. You know, a- as kids, you when you learned to walk, that that was a bit of a struggle. Yeah. When you learned to speak, when you were going to school, every year was all about change. As you, it your uh your education and everything. That it was about you that you became more proficient in math and English and science. And from kindergarten to 12th grade, it was change, change, change every year. Yeah. So, why would we, we expect when we become adults, when we become parents, okay, mm-hmm. and we're parenting kids undergoing these changes from kindergarten through 12th grade? that we're so uncomfortable with change when change is inevitable. It's going to happen. And I guess that kind of gets to what you're talking about. You, you can uh, make a, a, a choice to change or you can just become a, a victim of it and, and, and let life uh, affect you without no input in it. But, but speak
1: to all of that. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the decision is will you lead it? Will you lead out in change? You can bring change in a way that is healthy, right? You can bring change in a way that is encouraging. And this is what I've tried to do with our girls. What my wife and I've tried to do is is encourage them, help them understand that change is not the enemy, that, that good things happen on the other side of change when we're intentional about seeking it out and then leading in it. Uh, but that's a learned behavior. That's something that we've had to intentionally teach them because all of us, from the time we start toddling around, we're not a fan of change. We want everything to stay the same. Guess what? Nothing ever stays the same. And if the last two years have taught us nothing, it ought to be Amen to that, of flexibility. <laughs> Amen.
0: And we're the chief role models too. But so yes. if we're not teaching our kids how to go and make changes in, in, in how to uh, move when change has to happen and how to positively deal with it, the ups and downs mm-hmm. of change, then our kids are not going to know how to deal with change. And it's going to become more of a struggle for them than it needs to be, or, or am I wrong on that?
1: No, that's exactly right. They they key into how we lead, right? If we something happens to us and we're like, oh, I hate change, I hate change, Guess what they're absorbing? Guess what they're learning, right? They learn what we do, not what we say. And we know that. We know that intuitively. I love how Andy Stanley talks about this. He says that your greatest impact, your greatest contribution in the world may not be something you do. It may be someone you raise. And that's always stuck with me. And I think that is the key here. The key here is, will I be a catalytic leader that is modeling leadership and change in such a way that my kids see it as a natural, normal part of life without the negative connotations that so many of us have around it?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, William, you know, if, we're, if we're not leading change, if we're not getting out in front of it, if we're not being intentional, as you're encouraging my parents to, to do then there's something else that will happen because there there will be change, you'll just go in the other direction. And you speak of that direction as being a drift toward mediocrity. So you're either leaning forward or you allow yourself to drift in mediocrity. Talk, talk about that drift of uh, what you mean by, uh, you know, drifting toward mediocrity in, in your leadership.
1: Absolutely. You know, excellence is is my goal. And I talk about this with with the team that I lead and with my family a lot. You know, we aim for excellence. Excellence is not perfection, right? Excellence is doing excellence is doing the best you've got, best you can, with the information you have at the time and the resources you have available to you. That's excellence. But the problem is organizations, businesses, churches, families, and individuals all tend to slide and drift toward mediocrity you know, that's good enough. That's good enough. Good enough. Okay. Well, good enough is not good enough. Okay. Not when it comes to the things that matter most. And so how do we avoid that drift toward mediocrity? There are some very intentional ways I think we can avoid that. First is that we predetermine, we predecide in our heart, I am going to commit myself to being intentional here in this area. I am not going to drift. I am not going to move. This is non-negotiably important to me. That's the first way. That's where it starts. The second is is that we choose the environments we're going to put ourselves in. We choose the environment we're going to be in, and environments will either encourage our predetermined intentionality or they won't. Mm-hmm. But we determine that. I choose where I'm going to spend time. And you might say, well, I at work, I, don't, I can't choose that. I can't choose my environment at work. Well, last time I checked, you get to choose where you work. Oh, come on now. I mean, um, I you know, I'm probably moving from, from challenge into meddling now, but I'm just saying like, this is the point at which, you know, you ha- you choose intentionally the environment that you're in. And if you're a parent, you create that environment in your home. You are creating the environment for your family. My goodness, how intentional can we be about the environment we create? Another way to avoid that drift is the community around us, the people we spend the most time with. The people you spend time with that you choose to spend time with will either lead you toward intentional excellence or away from it. Think about it. You're around somebody who is is negative, just a negative Nelly all the time, just constantly seeing the glass as half empty and pessimistic. Guess where your mind starts to go Mm -hmm. over time? You start to bend that way, too. Now contrast if that. Even,
0: yeah, if, even if you could ever start to rise towards something of significance, mm-hmm. they yes. always will pull you down, brother. Go ahead.
1: That's exactly right. But think about when you're around people who lift you up, people mm-hmm. who encourage you, people who tell you that you can, and like try to try to lift you up. What happens then? You start to feel that way, and you start to do that with other people. The community yes. that you're in, the people you spend the most time with, matter way more than you think they do. Man, because
0: they, they change your mindset. They change your That's heart. Right. They change how you see yourself. Yes. You know, I, I always told kids, you know, uh, when I was a school resource officer, so you got to watch out who you hang out with. That's uh, right. Not right. everybody is worth hanging out with. You can right. jump into a car with somebody that you know, well, they're not the best person. They always get in trouble. They pull over to a 7-Eleven, jump out, go in, rob the place, come back out, get in the car, and then guess what? Uh, yep. If you get stopped, it's everybody in the car. Everybody well, in
1: the car. And, <laughs> that's
0: right. And I'm not just picking those kids. A lot of parents mm-hmm. put themselves in bad situations. Maybe, uh, well, and that's not really fair. You may find yourself in a bad situation at work, mm-hmm. or maybe you have an employer that is not above board. Mm-hmm. They may be doing some stuff that is illegal. Yeah, uh, they they might not be so morally inclined. Again, here you have a choice as a parent. You say, "Well, I I, I gotta make money. I gotta do this." Well, I will tell you what, you can make a plan to mm-hmm. try to move on down the road. You might not That's be right. able to stop right there, but you you start the plan to to shift out and reach out and get some other people to help you maybe try to find some different places where you can apply and go to work, where you can be happy, fulfilled, be able to bring in an income and take care of your family. And none of that is easy. I -hmm. I can tell you from personal experience, none of that is easy. And I have had to make those type of changes from someplace that was unmoralistic to a place that was and where I Mm can be happy and fulfilled. And and I'm gonna tell you, it was a struggle. And and in some instances, it took a couple of years. So I I get all of that. But all that to uh, lift up and and, uh, praise what you're talking about, William, sometimes we need to make those choices and be intentional, put ourselves in a place that's going to lift us up and that's going to feed us. Because if not, we're going to bring that junk home and we that's only right. have so much time with our kids and bring that right. junk home that's and then pouring that into our children, that's man, right. that's not good at all. That's so, exactly right. uh, man, mediocrity can be, uh, oh man, it can harm your family. Uh, William, mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing you, man. I'm, I'm listening yeah. to you and, and commenting on it. Uh, are there other ways that a uh, mediocrity, uh, can, can
1: it affect us? Sure. Mediocrity is a mindset. I just wanted to make sure you were there. Yeah. Mediocrity is a mindset yes. and it affects everything. <clears throat> we, we tend to think of our lives as being compartmented, like those plates you have at Thanksgiving. You know, it has a little wall that you can put between the food. <laughs> We think that what happens in this part of our life doesn't affect this part over here. And that what happens at home won't affect what happens at work. And what happens at work won't affect our kids. What happens with our kids won't affect what happens in our neighborhood. Guess what? God created you and I as integrated beings. We are one. And that means what happens in every part of my life affects every other part. And you may try to wall it off and maybe for a little bit you can. But eventually the bill comes due. And what happens over here is going to affect everything else. Mediocrity is going to touch everything on that plate eventually. It's a mindset. And your mind affects everything. Well, parents,
0: um, William and I definitely want to encourage you to change your mindset. Keep from going down the road to mediocrity. Uh, I've, I've done it. I've started heading down that road. We've said he's shaking his head. He's done it. Mm -hmm. So you're not having people here who say how perfect we are. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) The reason that we can speak to these things is because we have lived it and we've seen how those things can negatively affect. And we're just trying to let other people know, you don't have to go down this road. You don't have to go through that pain, and, and let us put it to you this way sometimes when it gets down to choice, and you're in mediocrity, and if you're in a bad place in your life, sometimes it's like being in a dark room of misery, but the door mm. is open. Mm. Okay, That's good. You can choose to That's remain good. in that room with the darkness and the mediocrity and, and, and all of that, or you can get up. And it may be a long walk toward that open door, but make the walk. And you'll get to that door. And You just need to step out of that with intentionality, pull that door to, and make that commitment to yourself. I am not going back there every day. I'm going to try to be the best version of myself. Not perfect. Because yep. none of us are perfect. Yep. Just simply make a commitment, moms. Make a commitment, dads and guardians. Simply to try each and every day to be the best version of yourself for you, your kids, your family, and everyone that you interact with. Man, oh uh, William, you you done left me pumped up, man. Hey, listen, tell us. One more time, where we can find your book and a little bit more about you.
1: Sure. The book's available on Amazon. Uh, You can get it in paperback, in audiobook, or in Kindle. Um, And I believe that one of the the greatest gifts that you can give your kids is a healthy marriage. Uh, I talk about this. I teach this. I think this matters. And I would love to offer something to your podcast listeners, Stan. If, If you would like a free copy of this book, I would love to send you one. Uh, because I think this message matters and it can help you get better. Now, you've got to choose to read it. You've got to make the time, but I want to put it in your hands. Um, if you go to catalyticleadershipbook.com and give me your shipping information, and if you can help me with the cost of the shipping, get the book to you, I'll give you a free copy of the book because I really want you to benefit from from what we're talking about. I have been a beneficiary of of leaders for the last 30 plus years, people who have poured into and invested in me. And I think my responsibility is not just to hold all that, but to be a conduit of that. I think everything that's put in our lives, every experience is there for a reason. It's never wasted. And I think it's to help other people. It's for the benefit of those around us. So I'd, I'd love to make that available to your listeners, Dan.
0: And i tell you what, I'm, I'm going to add to that, William. You, you heard us all this talk about personality types and, and how people are wired. So I'm going to put a, a link out there so that you you can reach out to us. But if you would like to get a disc report for the members of your family, just reach out to us. I'll have a link in the sh- uh, podcast description where you'll be able to find it. And yes, there's a cost associated with it. But don't let that deter you. If it gets down to it to where uh you look at that and go, well, you know, that, that might be a little stretch for us, then we're both open to have you talk to us and we will work out something, particularly if you got a, a large family, maybe you know, five, six, seven. We, hey, you know yeah. what? We'll work out something for us because we want Absolutely. you to know how your family is wired so that you can connect better with each other. And that's also going to help your kids as they leave the nest, as they leave the household, to leave with an understanding that other people out there are not crazy. They're just not them. (laughs) Well, William, I want to thank you for being on my podcast. With that, we're going to end this episode. But Bob's Dad's Parents Guardians, Please check out the podcast description where you'll find out more about William, uh, this offer of his book, which he's willing to give to my audience, and how to find out how to determine how those in your household are wired so you can better communicate with each other. And with that, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parody resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show. To help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.